Here we go, episode 101 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Michael Merlo, John Michael Masiri, here with you. Damn, it's a mouthful, 101. Yeah, it's I was going to say, you have a lot of getting used to saying saying three numbers. It, I, three I was thinking about now, it. Right? I was thinking about it walking in my driveway. I was like, wow, it's no more like it's quick. It's long now. Anyway, um, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, nothing's changed. Saw you yesterday. Had a good time. I should ask, how are you doing? Our good friend Michael here had himself a time last night, one could say. So yeah. I just want to check up on you. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, we had a lot of fun last night uh, in our uh, in our Massapequa Park. And, yeah, to wake up at 6, which was brutal, and work all day. But it was good. I, a great night and a good day. And I'm happy to be here talking some ball. Let's talk some ball, man. Definitely talking some ball. Uh, talk a little bit about the Yankees later on. We do some baseball because um, I mean, both New York teams are a dumpster fire, but the Yankees right now, sole possession of last place, uh, not good right now. So we'll get to them in a little bit. We're also going to break down each division before the season starts. Not like a prediction, but just give you like a preview for each team in each division. So today we're going to do the AFC East and the NFC East. But first, we're going to start with running backs because lots of news this week as Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard, which kind of expected did not get uh, long-term extensions and they will have to play on the franchise tag. If they want to play, I know Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs have threatened um, that they may not play a game. So uh, let's start there. Are the running backs just severely underpaid or are they crying a little too much? Well, no, they, I think they have a valid point. I think they are underpaid. And I think a lot of it is just a product of how the NFL is set up. I mean, the franchise tag number one is the biggest problem that, you know, the biggest reason why these problems happen, you know, I understand that the franchise tag, the way the NFL could defend it is saying, it's not a bad thing. We're paying you as a top five player at your position. We are not shorting you in any way, which yes, if you put it like that, it's not a bad thing. But when you put it in perspective and you see these players at other positions that are getting these, that have a longer shelf life, like a wide receiver or a quarterback or these other premium positions, these guys that have a longer shelf life that could afford to get franchise tagged a little bit and then still get their long-term deal. That's okay with them. And those guys still hold out and have problems. I mean, we saw it with Lamar. Um, mm-hmm. But with the running backs, the shelf life is shorter. You go four years on the rookie contract, maybe five if you're a first-round pick. They pick up that first-year option. And then you're about to hit the open market, and then you get franchise tagged. And then guess what? At the end of you getting franchise tagged one or two times, you're either declining in production or – Teams are predicting that you're going to decline in production, so they don't want to give you a long-term contract. So I I agree with the running backs. I think that it's 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 gotten out of hand now. It's a little ridiculous. Um, but I think that there's no real way to fix it because how I would fix it is bash the franchise tag, just get rid of it. That's not going to happen. So I think that we may see it where they might change the rule for running backs where they cannot get franchise tag past a certain point because, you know, Saquon Barkley, obviously first round pick fifth year option picked up. There's a chance that Saquon Barkley doesn't hit the open market until after his seventh season, which oh, is 
Yeah. Kind of crazy. Right. So, 30 years old by then. Right. And you nailed it on the head. They take they take the biggest beating out of any player on the field. They get hit the most, right? They touch the ball the most, other than the quarterback, out of any other skill position. Obviously, they, they touch the ball the most. I mean, I remember when Le'Veon Bell was holding out with the Steelers, his whole thing was, I touched the ball so much more than um, Antonio Brown. Why can't I get paid at least close to what he's getting paid? And, you know, you can understand it from, I think, a Le'Veon Bell standpoint. I think he's a little different than these guys, as important as Saquon Barkley is to the Giants and Jacobs is to the, the Raiders. But is it true that the franchise tag, like the, the salary, is it true that the running back position is the only one that the salary's gone down? in like well, history because well, it's gone the way, down the way that they do it is they like i said they take with top in terms of top five of your position they take the top the five average. players at your position and what they're making they take the average and they pay you these running backs now they're not getting big contracts because a lot of these teams aren't willing to pay them and they're franchising them and then they just fizzle out and whatever happens but yeah i mean the the, the position is underpaid they're the, the money you know we see with the quarterbacks now we talk about daniel jones getting 40 million dollars geno smith 130 million, uh, 130 million over what three years he got or something like that. So you have these guys making these this big money that's increasing and increasing at these positions. Even we saw Mahomes get this massive contract. We're like, whoa! And now that was a couple of years ago. Now at this point, we're like, not that. When bad. are they redoing that contract? Right, it's not that bad. So that's not happening with the running back. So yes, I mean the franchise tag. It's I don't know what the numbers are. I would have to look at them, but I'm sure that the number isn't getting bigger. And this is, you know, this is coaching, right? This is scheming because coaches are saying, well, running backs, you know, you don't need them to win. You know, it helps, of course, you need a running game to win. But the star running back that's making a ton of money, that's taking up a big chunk of your salary cap, we don't see these teams winning Super Bowls, going to Super Bowls, winning divisions, et cetera. It's a, I think it's a coaching thing. I think that's where we have to, uh, you know, put the blame because you're these teams that are so successful, their offenses are run through their quarterback. Obviously, their quarterback is the most important part. And if they're if they don't have that part of their game going, you're not going to win. It used to be where you could just run the, you know, there used to be a time in football where you could just run the ball and play defense. That's how the Giants won a couple of their championships. They ran the ball and played great defense and they won championships. You used to be able to do that. You can't do that today. So the game has just evolved overall. It's a passing league. You need your quarterback. You need a quarterback. That's why a Daniel Jones gets paid $40 million. What were the Giants' other options? You know, we could go through it for so many other teams and, and how they paid their quarterbacks. It's that's just the way of Which the world. It, now. It, it's very true that, you know, these teams are not valuing their running backs uh, as much as they maybe have in the past. But at the same time, I would say, I think the running back position right now is, is, is the best it's ever been in the game of football and the most dynamic that it's ever been. I mean, look at the Detroit lions drafting a, a team with a, a, an awful defense last year going out and not drafting a defender, drafting a running back in Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, who is a freak athlete, could be a great receiver for them. You know, a lot of these running backs now, they're not even running backs. I mean, they're receivers too. You look at a guy like a Cordell Patterson and an Austin Eckler, and like I just said, when a Jameer Gibbs, and I mean, the list goes on and on of these guys who come out of the backfield, but also can line up at receiver or just have a major role in the passing game. And you're right, it is a passing league, but if I'm a running back or I'm, had duty, to or I'm whoever else, right. Or I'm an agent. I'm saying the position you're, you, you don't want to pay the running backs 
running back money. Well, I could argue my running backs half a receiver anyways. Right. Yeah. It's, but you bring up Jameer Gibbs and that's fine. I've heard the argument, you know, all week. Oh, you got to pay your running back. If running back's not important, why did Atlanta take Bijan Robinson at eight? Don't defend a bad They're, franchise making a bad no, decision. No, no, no. The Atlanta Falcons are not paying Bijan Robinson premier money. That's the Atlanta Falcons would rather have Bijan Robinson for the first four, five years of his career and then let him go off somewhere else and somebody else pay him. But then, see, that's the problem. That's why you don't draft a running back there. Because right. you, uh, if you're picking somebody in the top 10, you want to sign that. I mean, that's like a, you know, that's a right. cornerstone player. That's a, right. that's a guy that you believe is going to be right. in your organization for the next five to 10 years. Well, so it's the same thing with Barkley. It's why it was just a terrible pick at two, because you don't pay, you, right. you, you don't pay them. So why are you going to take him when he's going to have to get paid eventually someday? You See, just don't do it. That is the argument that I would make if I'm Saquon's agent and that if I'm Bijan Robinson's agent five years from now or whoever else is, Okay, so you took my client at number two in the NFL draft because you valued him that much and you thought he could make that much of an impact on your team. Now he has his probably, what would we say, that's Saquon's second most productive season he's ever had with the Giants. He has his second most productive season, has almost, uh, I I believe he had like 1,800 scrimmage yards and he didn't catch a touchdown last year, but I know he had over 10 touchdowns. So you know, you say that to them. You say he did. He did all this production last year, and you valued him that high when you drafted him. But now, all of a sudden, now you don't want to pay him. And well, again, they didn't draft. He's going to break down. They didn't draft this guy though. If it was Gettleman, fine. But Shane right. Shane didn't uh, draft Barkley, True. which is you know kind of a difficult spot for them to be in. But for for Barkley's uh, camp, but. Also, and I'm not diminishing what Barkley did for the Giants last season. And I'm not going to diminish the year that Josh Jacobs had. He had the best season out of any running back, I think, last last season. He led the league, he led the league in yards. But the Giants ran him into the, I mean, the Giants yeah. literally ran Barkley into the yeah, ground as if he wasn't going to be there next year. Yep. As if he wasn't going to be their problem in a year or two from now. So I think that's also something you got to worry about too, where Barkley's like, for the first half of the season, I was a massive workhorse. Yep. What are they going to do to me in year two? Maybe they see Daniel Jones's development. They want to run the offense through Daniel Jones now. Maybe it won't be such wear and tear on him, but that's something you got to worry about. That's uh, why I could see him holding out. That's one of right. the only reasons why I, I could think, see him holding out. I think also the problem is with running back, you know, if you have a receiver like a Kenny Galladay, great example, a guy who, you know, the contract clearly did not work out. I mean, he right. just declined massively, whatever. We, we don't need to explain how bad Kenny Galladay was. The Giants could sort of get away with it because there's not one receiver on the field at a time. You could, I mean, they didn't play Galladay much anyways, but you could put four receivers on the field at a time. And have other great options. With the running backs, if you sign Saquon, if the Giants sign Saquon to a four-year deal, and by year two he's getting hurt or he just he got a bet, he's coming off an injury and he's just lost a lot out of the tank. He's nowhere near as good as he used to be, and he's sort of a liability now. You're dealing with kind of what we saw with the Cowboys with Zeke. Yep. It's like Pollard was obviously the better back, the more explosive back, the better player for the team. He made the offense way more dynamic. And they're kind of forced to give Zeke this playing time because of the the price tag that's next to his name. It's like you got to kind of get the guy involved. 
You're going to have a running back who's making $15 million a year sitting on your bench the entire game. And they were, you're lucky. You're you're lucky to have a guy like Pollard sitting there on the bench. I mean, granted their offensive line's great. And what if they didn't have Pollard, the Cowboys, he would have had a massive problem last season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That would have been a me just offensively that the receivers outside of lamb uh, were not good. So they would have had a major problem. I think, and it may be different for the Giants because again he's so explosive. He's he's different when in terms of talking about running backs. But I think that if if Dayball really believes that Jones has turned a corner in his offense and he thinks that you know Jones can get even a little bit better, mm-hmm. there may be no need for Saquon. You're going to need to run the ball. Your offensive line is going to have to be good. It's going to be elite, and Jones is going to have to run the ball. And that's what people forget. You know, sure, the defense is keying on Barkley, but Jones also has to run. The, you know, they have to account for Jones, too. Yeah. So the running game will be there for whatever running back is back there. Right. Right. It's all about offensive yeah. line. It's all I mean, what about what did, offensive line. What did Jones have, 700, 800 yards on the ground last year? Yeah. It, you know, it's it's about you got to block. It's inside out. Build a team inside out. Offensive line's not even built. I think the running back position – it's definitely one of the least valuable positions in the league, but there is no position in the league where having an elite player at that position isn't an advantage for your football team. Like, I don't think, I feel like some people think, oh, if, you know, Giants get rid of Saquon, go pick up a random, you know, put Matt Breida back there, and it's like the same thing. That's not true. Like, no, we know Saquon's be. a talented running back, and he makes that offense better. I'm also a little worried now about, you know, this trickling into the locker room, you know, listen, Saquon, I mean, if you could literally pick a guy to be the face of your franchise in any sport, like Saquon's like one of those guys at the top of the list. Like he's that, that kind of a guy. I mean, how could he not be pissed? He's pissed. I mean, you see the interviews. I saw somebody comment, somebody tweeted out, you know, Daniel Jones had his fifth year option declined and he didn't whine like a B word. He just, Went out there, performed, and got his team to the playoffs. And he had no Saquon reason com- to Daniel Jones. He hasn't. He didn't do anything. Right, and then Saquon like just quoted the tweet and just had laughing emojis. Like I hope this doesn't trickle into the locker room for the Giants. You know, it's just because that's that's your leader of your team. He's yeah. a captain. That's it's a distraction. I mean, it's a you know, it's it's hanging over their heads for sure. Yeah. Um, and Jacobs, you know, I mean. I mean, Jacobs is a different story because Jacobs had, you know, a down year after, you know, coming out hot in his rookie year. But I think Jacobs is worse. I mean, he just put on an absolute spectacle last year. You would have paid him? Oh, I would. Yeah, I would have paid him. He's great. He's a great running back. I mean, we're we're going to do our top 10 running backs list and I could go on about how great Josh Jacobs is. But he was fantastic. Like he was like a true workhorse. He had like 90% of the touches for the running backs on that team last year. And what do you get? 1800 yards, 1600 yards, something like that. He had a fantastic season and like a legit one, not like a, they just shoved the ball down his throat and he just accumulated stats. Like he was, he legitimately won them games last year. Right. I'm excited for this. Listen, I mean, Pollard again, just quick. I mean, Pollard's coming off the injury uh, that he suffered in the San Francisco game. I don't think anybody expected him to get some sort of long-term contract. Yeah. I mean, it was his first year as like the true workhorse back. And he um, still and- wasn't, you know, Zeke had a lot of touches last year still. Yeah. It wasn't his 
backfield like it is with Saquon and Jacobs and guys like that. Now he's going to have a chance to get a big time payday. And I read a report today that most likely the Cowboys, even if he has a huge year, the Cowboys might just let him walk. You know, the Cowboys are not going to, not going to pay him. They're not going to make that same mistake, especially if the offensive line is built. Cowboys got a little problem on their hands. Zach Martin. They got to pay Zach Martin. You see Zach Martin might not be coming to camp. Yep. You see all these problems what that happen, and, and it's not – I'm not saying it's the Cowboys' fault. It's just a matter of how – of the. it's the reality of the situation. This is what happens when you give $40 million to your quarterback. That's why yeah. these teams try to build when their quarterbacks are on these rookie contracts because it's like it's go time. Like we, we, and, we can't afford all this stuff when we have our quarterback making $40 million a year. And – Parsons is, I mean, what is Parsons going to get? I didn't want to know that number. God, a disgusting Dig, amount. Diggs has to get paid. Yep. Eventually. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to go. They got, they can't, they can't. See, and, if Dak, and if Dak doesn't perform, I think that's why you kind of see this. Like maybe he's on the hot seat a little bit. If Dak doesn't perform, they may try and get out of that deal. I think they yep. have an out in a year or two yep. on that contract. Star fresh, go get a quarterback. Who knows? I'm I'm still a Dak guy. I'm still a Dak guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, you want to do this list? Yes, sir. Top ten running backs. Uh, kind of loaded here. Uh, a lot of guys left off that um you can make an argument that they could be on the list. Uh, JM, why don't uh why don't you start first? Okay. Um, before I start, I'll yeah, give a little like I usually do with all my lists. I give a little uh explanation of my thinking here. So, same thing. Taking into account last year, you know, even the year before that, because I feel like this is a position where you see a lot of injuries. So, you know, yep. you go back another year. Um, but running back is tough to rank because it's this isn't fantasy football. Like, we're not just going based off, oh, this guy had that many yards and blah, blah, blah. A lot of this is I've, I've, I've got that uh, football outsiders accounts where I look at a lot of these advanced stats that show you how productive and efficient these running backs were. A lot of this is just overall body of work. You know, what kind of running back are they? Uh, how big is their workload? And, right. you know, and, and also just who would I rather have on my team going into next year? So all those factors account for. So my number 10, and just based on last year alone, he should be higher on this list, but I'm just going to keep him at 10, is the new running back for the Carolina Panthers. I have Miles Sanders as my 10th wow. running back in the NFL. Speaking of advanced statistics, he was in the top five in the NFL in five different categories out of the six categories that Football Outsiders offers. He was in the top five for five of them. So, and the other one, he was sixth. So, Miles Sanders had a fantastic year last year. Now, a lot of running backs have a good year behind that offensive line with the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. But we saw what Miles Sanders did his rookie year with, I think Reich was still on the coaching staff that year. We saw what he did with Frank Reich with the Eagles uh, in his rookie season. Had a great year. Caught a lot of passes out of the backfield, too. Last year, puts up a 1,300-yard season. The reason why I mentioned Frank Reich, he's the coach of the Carolina Panthers now. Sanders yep. meeting up with him again. So I think Sanders could have another great year here in Carolina. He could help out Bryce Young a lot, a guy who can move like a Jalen Hurts can. And... I think Sanders kind of deserves the respect here. I'm shocked that he's on this list considering the year he had in 2021, but I mean, 2022 was spectacular. Yeah. And notice how he did have a good year, um, but he played behind a fantastic offensive line. He paid, played with arguably 
the best running quarterback last season. Uh, yep. He's a big time rushing threat. Uh, he didn't get paid much. I mean, that contract is it was a five million, I think, a year oh he's getting from Carolina. So running back um, money. Yeah, it's running back money. So no, just remember when Demarco Murray behind that great Cowboy offensive line went over to Philadelphia and got paid, and that did yep. not work out. Yep. But uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. All right, number ten, I went with Alvin Kamara. Um, almost like a respect thing. You know, like having him on this list, he's ultra talented. You know, like we talked about before, he's a basically a receiver too. Um, banged up last year. Is he going to be suspended this year? Probably, right? He's going to miss some yeah. games this year, but um, still ultra talented. And um, I'm that's really the only re- I wanted to leave him off, but I was like, right. you know, I'm just going to put it's him sort off. of a recognition pick. Yeah, like just he's ten. That's it. I got gotcha. you. He's good. Uh, okay, so. We just talked about him. Uh, I have Tony Pollard as my ninth best running back in the NFL. Okay. Had a thousand yard season last year. Uh, nine touchdowns was a factor in the, the passing game as well. Had 39 catches for the second year in a row, 371 yards. You know, Pollard is one of these guys where the eye test is valid. I mean, you look at him play and you say, wow, that guy is an explosive running back. He makes that offense very dynamic for the Cowboys. And I think that Zeke's departure is really going to kind of take the training wheels off and let's go to work here. And I think he could be due for a huge season in 2023, especially what you just mentioned, where the Cowboys might tell him to walk after this year. And if they take a Giants approach like they did with Saquon this year, they might run the hell out of this guy. They're going to run him into the ground. And that's why he's one spot higher on my list. Um, I got Cook at nine. Dalvin Cook, uh, free agent Dalvin Cook. Uh, Don't know where. I think he's going to be in Miami, but I actually think he should be with the Jets. But we'll we'll get to that in a little bit when we talk about the AFC East. Uh, I got Cook here. You know, it's funny because Dalvin Cook, you know, for a couple of years, he's played with Alexander Madison. was a pretty good running back, uh, too, there. And it's been a nice little, you know, duo. Yeah. Um, Madison's going to take over the full-time job in Minnesota. But, I mean, Cook's great. I mean, he's a very good running back. Um, runs hard, more of your traditional guy. Uh, they use Madison a lot out of the backfield to catch passes. But, you know, again, Dalvin Cook um, had some very, gr- uh, really good years over there in Minnesota. And uh, he lands at nine here. Okay. My number eight. <sighs> Don't get mad at me. I have Saquon Barkley as the eighth best running back in the NFL. And again, talking about the everything that I kind of took into consideration, Saquon had a great year last year in terms of accumulative stats. I'm not a huge fan of the yards per carry. And I know there's other factors that go into it, like Giants offensive line and this and that. But I mean, the run blocking really wasn't awful last year. No, a good running blocking team. Yes. So 4.4 yards per carry is a little too low for me. The passing game, 57 receptions for 338 yards is not a great ratio there. No touchdowns in the air. And in 2021, I mean, offensive line was bad. Don't get me wrong, but that was just an awful season. And I think that, you know, Saquon, he's not exactly what he was his rookie year. He's still, he, he got as close as he ever has been last year in terms of showing that explosiveness. But these are good. This is also heading into 2023. So I'm not too confident about him being able to repeat what he did last year. And that considered with the year he had in 2021 and my problems with the yards per carry and everything like that, which 
There are some guys on this list who also had struggles with yards per carry and things like that. That's not the only reason. But like I said, heading into next year, some of the injury concerns and just overall production over the past couple of years is why I had him landing at eight. That's crazy. All righty. You're going to have him like super high. I knew it. I do. I, he's, I mean, no, it's not, fantastic. listen, it's, it's, he had a 1300 yards last year. That's no joke. He was great last year. I really want all our listeners. I know sometimes I can sound like a little bit of a nerd, but it's just the way I am. I, these stats, listen, these standard statistics, they're great, but we all know there's a lot of other things, especially in this generation, when it comes to PFF and all this crazy crap that we use now, there's a lot of things that, Kind of tell the story a little bit better. Yeah. So that's not, not, I'm not looking at that for this list right now. Um, I respect that though. Thanks. All right. Pollard, eight. You kind of talked about it. Um, you know, good offensive line. He's going to be the lead back here. Um, and yeah, they're going to, they are going to run him into the ground. Uh, he was very productive last year when he took over. Um, not much to say there. I think he's going to have a really good year. I think he's a big-time fantasy back. I think he's a um, a solid option for Dallas. And, again, like you mentioned, receiving game two. He's going to be a good receiver for them. So, mm-hmm. eight. Eight seems fair for him. Okay. My number seven is Mr. Joe Mixon, who probably could have been number five or anywhere higher than that after last season, had a fantastic season and uh, 12 touchdowns, I believe almost 1300 yards was, was relevant in the passing game. Listen, this Bengals offensive line last year. I mean, we know that they've had problems over the years in terms of protecting burrow and everything like that. And it's gotten a little bit better, but that run blocking last year, I mean, wow. There were certain points where, they just were throwing the ball every game. They just could not get anything going on the running ground on on the ground. So right. Mixon to me, you know, you look at you look at his stats, his advanced stats. He still looks good. He's still an efficient running back. Still at the, towards the top of the league in terms of all these numbers. And I just think that you put a little bit of a better offensive line behind him. He's a guy who also has been handling a workload for a long time now, and they really seem to be doubling down on it. I don't know what if there's going to be a possible suspension, we know he's had some problems off the field, but yeah, P Ryan left in free agency. He went to Denver and they really didn't sign anybody to replace P Ryan. So shocking. They didn't spend money. Nope. So I, to me, and I'm sure to you and everybody else, that seems like they're committed to mixing to still be that three down back. I don't know right. if there's a certain buzz in the building about, uh, a different running back that they have that I'm not familiar with. Uh, maybe a, you know, a guy who's been in their system for a little bit. I, I, I'm sure it's a name that we don't even know, yeah. but all indicators are kind of telling us that they still believe in Mixon and and think that he's, he's good for, uh, I mean, he's on a contract. He took a pay cut, but he's still on that. He's on a renewed contract with the Bengals. So they have a commitment to him. Yeah. All righty. Number seven for me, Austin Eckler. Um, Eckler, um, I mean, we talked about it before the evolving position of this, of, of the running backs, he's like a receiver and he's a big time part of that, uh, chargers offense. Um, you know, he can run the ball a little bit, but I mean, his main thing is being a receiver out of the backfield. Eckler seven. Um, I want, I honestly, and I I don't even think you're going to, do you have him on your list? I did not have Austin Eckler on my list. I really wanted to put him on my list, but 
he's just not a good enough runner between the tackles for me to put him on the list. And you know, uh, I have almost, a bias towards him. I mean, he freaking won me my league last year. I love him, but I you love Austin Eckler. Yeah. And I wanted to put him a little higher, but I couldn't justify it. So we'll go with Eckler here um, at seven. All right, six. my number six running back in the NFL is a Mr. Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. We have who, such different lists. It's crazy. I, I knew we were going to have a really different list here. Aaron Jones, you know, I, when I started this list, I had him as high as four, and I I really wanted to stick with that because he was kind of going to be my staple of my advanced stats and this and that because he's off the charts in that category. The reason why he slid down the list a little bit for me was just because you got Dylan there and a lot of these guys above him are guys who are taking all the reps and, you know, Jones has the benefit of not having to take all the reps and getting a little break. And that probably accounts for his efficiency a little bit and for his yards per carry and everything like that. But I mean, we're talking about a guy here who for his career is averaging over five yards carry. I mean, he's been a great running back, um, you know, he's great in the passing game. I think he's going to be a great help to Jordan Love. I think the Packers are going to rely on him a lot this year because of Rodgers' departure and kind of helping that transition of love becoming a starting quarterback in this league for a very prestigious franchise. So Jones is great. You know, that's probably the best running back tandem in the league still, even though Dylan didn't have the greatest year last year that he, or maybe the year that he was hoping to have, he didn't pull it out. But I think that, you know, uh, Jones and Dylan, it's great running back core. And Aaron Jones, kind of one of those guys who's flown under the radar for a lot of his career. I mean, he's definitely a well-known name in the NFL, but doesn't seem to really get his respect in terms of comparison to his peers at this position sometimes. Yeah. All right, number six, Derrick Henry. Um, probably. Surprised. I had him six and I flipped it. But oh, you have me. him at five. It's not, it's not a bad take. I'm just saying, yeah. You have, oh, you have him at five. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I mean. We kind of saw it coming, right, that this big guy that they just run 30, sometimes 40 times with is going to break at some point break down. And I kind of feel like we're getting there a little bit. He was banged up last year. You hope he stays healthy. Um, but, I mean, still, I mean, he's he's so freaking good. How do you not have him high on this list? He's yeah. six for me. Yeah. Um, the next, you know, the next five guys, I mean, they're just like, Again, we're talking about what they did last season, but also how we kind of see them stacking up this year. These five guys, for me, I think have a better year than him going into next year. I'm, um, you know, in next, right next, next yeah. year. Yeah, that's a big thing that has to do with is it's the projections and everything like that. And he he was great last year. I mean, he you know he fifteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns, and he did yeah. touch the ball three hundred fifty times on the ground. That's crazy, that's, it's crazy. I mean, they touched the ball three to four times more than a wide receiver yeah. and like and i'm the biggest running back hater of all time yep. but it's like it's crazy that they don't get paid like that so yeah i mean i have henry fifth on my list great running back i mean one of the all-time greats at the position a guy that we has really revenue i would say revolutionized the position but nobody's really done what he's done like it's not like a steph curry where all of a sudden you got all these guys taking these threes because Steph Curry was the one doing it. I don't see a lot of teams giving their running back the ball 350 times on the ground yeah. after Derrick Henry. He's just a freak of nature. He's six foot four, 250, whatever the hell he is. And he runs like the wind, uh, you know, great running back. But like you said, projecting in the next year and seeing the way his efficiency's gotten a little worse in terms of on the ground and yards per carry and everything like that. I've got him at, five 
I think if this is, you know, a couple years ago when he was really at his peak, he was the number one at the lowest number two running back in the NFL. Yeah. But I think these next four guys, once we read off their names, uh, are a little bit ahead of him, ahead of him now. All right. Yeah. Number five for me, and I had him higher. And then I, I flipped it with just because how good Jacobs was last year. It's just a respect thing. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is number five for me. Uh, 2021 was unreal. 1,800 yards uh, rushing, uh, 18 touchdowns. And then last season, he's banged up. The offensive line was not as good as I think people thought. Matt Ryan was terrible. They were stacking the box. I mean, it was just, it was everything that could have gone wrong for the Colts last year. And Jonathan Taylor went wrong. Yep. Uh, I mean, he was number one pick in fantasy, you know, I think almost unanimously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you always get those running backs every couple of years that are like so hyped up, like this is the next guy, this mm-hmm. is the next greatest thing. And you know, down here now, people are taking a little bit of a step back on Taylor. I think this is the season. I think we were a year early. I, although 2021 was amazing, I think Taylor takes the reins here going forward the next couple of years. And I think he starts with a big season in 2023. So Taylor five for me. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he's number four for me. I mean, like you said, that the 2021 season, I, I think we don't realize how amazing that season was and just everything that he did. I mean, 1,800 yards on the ground, the 18 touchdowns, and he contributed a little bit in the passing game as well. I want to just explain a quick stat to everybody, just so everybody understands the magnitude of the 2021 season that he had. So there's this thing called DYAR. And I'll pull up the explanation for it real quick. It's basically defensive defense adjusted yards above replacement. So it's basically saying, okay, in terms of this player was playing this defense and at, you know, it's basically just how good was the defense that they were playing and what would a replacement level running back do against that defense? And then it takes, okay, let's compare Jonathan Taylor to the replacement level running back and see how great Jonathan Taylor is compared to that guy. So Jonathan Taylor in DYAR in 2021 was number one in the NFL with 511. The next best guy was Leonard Fournette with 201. That is over 200% better than the next best guy. So Taylor was ridiculous in 2022. I mean, the leader, I mean, in 2021, I'm sorry. The leader in DYIR this year was Nick Chubb at 340. So obviously just a historic season for for Jonathan Taylor. And I really want to see what he does now with kind of like what I talked about Miles Sanders in terms of he has Bryce Young. And let's see how that kind of, I mean, Bryce Young is a more of a passer than Anthony Richardson is. And don't get me wrong, Anthony Richardson's got a great arm too, but we really could see this being one of the most dangerous quarterback running back rushing definitely we've ever seen in terms of Richardson and Taylor. So it'll be really cool to say. Dude, I'm, I literally, I'm sitting here, right. Mm -hmm. And an ad starts playing on pro football reference. So I'm like, what is playing in my headphones right now? (laughs) That was like, so scary. All right. What am I up to? I'm up to they're up to four. Four, four. Josh Jacobs. We spoke about him before. Uh, historic season last year for him. He was unreal. Um, 
he kind of carried that offense a little bit. Him and uh, him and Devonte Adams. Um, and by the way, could somebody be more wrong on Josh Jacobs? Because remember, I was high on him like mm-hmm. one or two years prior. Yep. And then he goes out, rushes for sixteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, and was very effective in the passing game um, as well. Um, so yeah, I'm giving him his respect. Not going to be here next year, though. You don't think so? No. Okay. I think he has a be- I think he has a better chance sitting out actual games than than Saquon. Yeah. Has. Yeah, I agree. Like I think he. I think there's a chance he holds out. All right, I'll just kind of piggyback off you because I have Josh Jacobs three. Yeah, I mean, fantastic season last year. I think there is a legitimate threat he sits out as well. I just think the situations are different. I think Raiders, it really got sour there at the end. I mean, we know about the breakup with Carr. I don't think me and you have bashed a a coach as bad as we bashed Josh McDaniels. Yeah. The Raiders, you know, even before they hired him, we were making jokes about this. Like, are we really going to hire this guy? Um, so to me, Jacob's going to kind of say like, what do I got to lose? But at the same time, he's got money to lose. And I don't know what teams are going to be willing to pay a guy like the Jets did with Le'Veon Bell after holding out a year. We know how that ended up. So, but just in terms of football, Jacob's this guy, I mean, the touches, it's, it's not a Derrick Henry level. I mean, he didn't have 350 carries. But he was a true old school workhorse, workhorse for this team. He touched in the, the ground, touched running the ball. To him to the ground. You know what? I'm wrong. He t- he carried the ball 340 times last year, so he was a Derrick Henry level. Yeah, he touching was. the ball 340 times on the ground and having 4.9 yards per carry is actually like ridiculous. Here's a here's, here's a weird little fun fact though. He's never caught a touchdown in his career. Is that true? Yep, never caught a touchdown. He's got... Maybe if he caught a touchdown, he'd be getting paid by the Raiders. He's got 40 touchdowns on the ground. Never caught one, though. All right, let's move on to three, where we'll give Saquon his flowers. You know, you you brought up Saquon, you know, kind of... He's up there in age, you know, for running backs. Um, He's going to be 26 years old, and that's crazy that that's old, but he's really he's getting there. And obviously, the injuries have definitely uh, worn on him. But uh, I think he's got like another year or two of like being kind of the guy we saw last season. Mm-hmm. And again, worn out by the middle of the year. I th- the fact that he didn't sit out, you know, a game other than the, the Philly game, which right. everybody sat out last year, is remarkable because I thought there were multiple chances where he could have very easily just they could have said, no, he's out this week. But he played. Um, played through injury for sure. He was very impressive. Again, like you mentioned, his was this better than his rookie season? Probably not. No, it wasn't because he was massive um, receiving-wise, 91 catches, 721 yards. But uh, the closest thing we've seen to him in his rookie year form. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy because, again, you know, we've only seen two seasons of him fully healthy, and they've right. been special. So let's hope he can stay healthy this season. He's three for me. Right. Well, it's 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 – it's not even the age. It's just, yeah, like you said, like he's had the injury. Wear and tear. So there are guys in the NFL who are 26, 27 years old running backs that are at the top of this list. But it's just, yeah, like you said, it's the injury. He feels older than he actually right. is. Exactly. Okay, uh, number two. My number two is Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers. 
I mean, McCaffrey is another one of these guys where he's just so dynamic. You know, you talked about Eckler, who's basically a poor man's McCaffrey. I mean, like I said in the beginning, we're not playing fantasy football here. So, you know, we all know Eckler isn't the greatest runner. And, you know, a lot of his stats are a bit inflated just by all the crazy volume he gets in the passing game. I mean, what did he catch like? He had like five Seven, catch yeah, last 85, year. 85 catches. Yeah. For, uh, hold on, one. Eckler? I thought he had like 107 or something. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about McCaffrey. No, I'm talking about Eckler. But, oh, I'm sorry. But anyways, moving on to McCaffrey. He is a guy who truly does both, and his stats match up with how great of a player he is. He, I think we saw it immediately when he came over to San Francisco last year. I mean, just made that offense immediately way more dynamic. And it, but it was no lackluster offense when he came over, but you saw that new style that he brought there and how creative and, and, and dangerous that offense is now because of him being there alone. So, you know, that's a guy who has gotten paid and he's dealt with a little bit of injury, but he really doesn't look like he's lost a step. So to me, and you know what though? And it's worked out because for the team that paid him, Carolina, they were able to trade him and get, you know, a nice return back yep. uh, for San Francisco. I think a lot of it was signing bonus. I don't really know exactly how much they're paying, especially on the cap, mm-hmm. but they gave, they give up a lot to get him shows you that San Francisco could basically do whatever they want. Nobody's really going to question them. Like, even if it's against the grain, you know, of yep. what a lot of these NFL teams are doing, they're allowed to just do whatever the hell they want. Right. Um, but yeah, just super impressive um, what he's able to do. He's one for me. Chubb is two. Um, you know, I understand how you know, Chubb is like, literally, he's he's like boring, right? It's almost like he's boring. He's just like such a good runner of the football. Mm-hmm. And he's not that, you know, I mean, he's a great fantasy player, but he's not the most popular running back when in terms of fantasy. But right. he's just overall such a solid runner of the football. 1,500 yards last year. I know you're going to get into it big time with him. Uh, not really a factor receiving wise, um, but yeah, the second best running back in the league for me. I'm going McCaffrey one. I'll I'll take Chubb at two. Yeah, I had Chubb at one. You know, just not even a great pass catching running back. I mean, I think they're starting to try to get him a little bit more involved. And Kareem Hunt's gone now, so we'll see if they 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 tick it up a little bit with him in terms of the passing game. But they really don't need to. I mean, you ask, I, I think he was at the top of the list also on Jeremy Fowler's list. Yes, he was. As he, you know, so no season this year uh, in his career with under five yards per carry, which is a, a, just a phenomenal feat. He had the most rushing yards he's ever had last year. He's had the, he had the most touches he ever had last year on the ground. And, you know, just this guy, I mean, you watch him play. The Jets played the Browns last year. You need at least two guys to bring this guy down. You are not arm tackling this guy for sure. And he really is just one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen in terms of a combination of power, speed, agility, vision. Like he literally checks all of the boxes. So yeah, pretty, um, I wouldn't say it was, you know, this wasn't a Mahomes level of easiness in terms of who to put at number one, but I really have like no doubt in my mind for myself that he's the number one running back in the league. That's another ad play in my ear. Um, yeah, I went McCaffrey one, um, you know, 
Jam really spoke about it. I mean, you know, he's so dynamic, fantastic receiver, 85 catches last year. Um, and he's in the perfect offense. I mean, there that uh, that running game in San Francisco is probably the best overall running game in football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're just going to see if he's healthy. I mean, just an, another monster season from McCaffrey that's going to have him at one. Um, very excited to see what he can do. Again, like I mentioned before, like nobody trades for running backs. And, and you know, a contract that may actually have worked out for a running back where he played – and was good during the contract after he gets paid. We haven't seen that. So um, much we've seen it, but we haven't seen it much. So I'm going to go McCaffrey number one. Good. So I'm also interested to see what happens to Sean Watson. Does, a, does he bounce yeah. back and B, how does it, you know, how does that little combo work? Yeah. Uh, Deshaun and Nick Chubb. And are they going to run Deshaun? I'm, they are so interesting. They are. They really are. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with them? We'll be talking about them next week. This week, we're going to talk about the AFC East and the NFC East. Very exciting stuff, both of our teams in these divisions. Uh, We're going to just do a little preview, talk about what we like, what we don't like with these teams. This isn't a prediction. You know, we're going to have a big prediction show before the season starts. This is just kind of what we're feeling right now on July 20th about all of these teams. Uh, Let's go alphabetical order. Oh, my God. Ad playing for you, too. Yeah, I heard it. These ads are crazy. These ads are crazy. Anyway, let's do. You heard that? I just muted my computer and wondered why I couldn't hear you. And yeah, you heard that that went back in the mic. Yeah, a little bit. You're good. I mean, it's it's football reference again. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, get your head out of your ass. Football reference. All right, let's go alphabetical order here. We'll start in the AFC East. We'll start with the Buffalo Bills. What we're thinking, Buffalo. So we kind of got into it when we were talking about Josh Allen last week uh, on our top 10 quarterbacks list. You know, this is a team that has obviously been a massive contender in the AFC for a couple years now. And we saw in the playoffs, you know, a sketchy wild card victory over the, what was that guy's name? Uh, Thompson God. or something? Yes, Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson led Miami Dolphins, who was the third string quarterback, seventh round pick, whatever the hell he was. Just right. Not... So we saw that happen for them. And then they go play the Bengals at home and they get upset at home. I mean, you know, it's the Bengals. They didn't play some, some slap, you know, what team. But another year of disappointment for the Bills, especially especially coming off that last season with that crazy game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I believe they were the Super Bowl favorite going into last year. If I'm They not were wrong. the favorite last year, all year. So what do we talk about when we talk about this Bills team? This is a team that just hasn't been able to get that running game going. And they they haven't been able to do it for a long time now. And it, it it's kind of true that Josh Allen is their greatest rushing threat. And, and I mean, he can only do so much for that team and And i just i don't know if they solve that problem again this year and i tried having this argument with somebody you know oh alan's that best player and of course he's going to count account for it was 81 percent of their yards last year like he can't work that hard you need to have a running game outside of him of course it's a weapon to use him in the running game and you should use him in the running game but not as much as they were. He can't take the beating that he took. I'm looking right now at their depth chart. 
how many freaking running backs did they sign? I mean, they have James Cook, who they drafted. They signed Damian Harris. They signed Latavius Murray. They have Naheem Hines also there. I mean, they got four running backs that, like, legitimately could be used on any, you know, on any team as, like, a two or a three. Yep. So they're clearly trying to address the issue. Uh, you like to see that. I don't want to, like, they've been in big spots, right? They've been in big spots, and they've been playing big games lately. I just see, like, another disappointing season. I'm looking yeah. at the depth chart. I'm like, there are some good players. Gregory Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Von Miller coming right. off the torn ACL. Like, there are good players here. Right. But why do I have a bad feeling about this Buffalo team? Is it, did that game against Cincinnati just leave that bad of a taste in my mouth? Remember, they were six-point favorites in that game. I mean, they were favorited at home in the snow big time. Honestly, I just I just think that a lot of these teams in the AFC got better this offseason, and I don't think the Bills got worse, but I also think that they didn't get better. I mean, yeah. some of their – their biggest acquisitions, okay. They get Damian Harris, you know, for the in the in the for the running game. They get Leonard Floyd, I guess, was their biggest acquisition. And besides that, you know, nothing really too crazy. Singletary leaves in free agency, whatever. You know, some of these guys leave in free agency that you kind of Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds is like the only big one that left in free agency. Right. So, you know, the Jets got better. The Dolphins got better. The Chiefs really didn't lose anybody, you know, and we know the Chiefs, like, they're going to be great. The Bengals are going to be great. So, did the Bills do enough to kind of clean up what their season looked like at the end of the year and make themselves a legit They were just again? so gross last year at the end. Like, they were just so, like, mm-hmm. you're waiting for them to be that exciting team. You're waiting to see that yep. 2021 NFC, uh, AFC divisional round game against the uh, Chiefs. You're waiting for that, and you didn't get it. Right. I think that's what was so – I mean, at least for me. I'm sure you were right. not waiting for that. You not want to see them right. succeed. Right. But it was so unsatisfying. Yeah. And, of course, having them big in that Bengal game just made me want to blow my brains out. But anyway, all right, what's the next alphabetical order? Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'll start with the Dolphins here. Okay. I'm a fan of these Dolphins. You know, I don't want to say, like, they are in the class of, like, the Chiefs or, you know, the Bengals or, you know, any even the Jets, like, on paper-wise. But if there's going to be a team that's going to unseat some of these great teams, right, like the Bengals and the, and the Chiefs and even the Bills, it's going to be a team that does something different, that does something that, you know, the Chiefs don't have and, you know, the Bills don't have and the Bengals don't have, the Jets don't have. Like, none of these teams in the league have two guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Watt. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. They can break games open. They're a nightmare for defense for defenses and defensive coordinators. Like they have these two guys. If Tua is healthy and getting these guys the ball, I think they should sign Cook, have a three-headed monster in that backfield, and go for this. I know you don't love the defense. I love Christian Wilkins. I think he's I think he's underrated as a defensive tackle. I think he's really good, especially uh pass rushing wise. He's fun to watch. Jalen Phillips is a beast. Bradley Chubb. They have as well. I'm 
I'm excited for this Miami team, and I think that they can be special this season if the quarterback is healthy. And it's a big risk, but I think yeah. they can be special. No, I mean, I see the I see the danger in this team. I see how dangerous they could be. We saw it last year. You know, they have talent. I mean, they have the maybe the two fastest receivers in the NFL on their same on the same team, and two of the also best receivers in the NFL on their team. Yeah, I think the obvious question here is the quarterback and can he stay on the field? You know, even if Tua does stay on the field, I think that that offense is going to be great. But yeah, like you said, I do have concerns about that defense. I think the Jalen Ramsey acquisition, you know, didn't have his the best year last year, maybe starting to show a bit of some signs of decline. Uh, Xavier Howard, one of those guys that declined last, another corner that declined last year that maybe some people don't realize but, I mean, he really was not a great corner like he's been his whole career last year. And, you know, I just think there's a lot of holes around that defense. And, I mean, they were a middle-of-the-pack defense last year. I think they were about 16th or 17th ranked in terms of total yards. And will they be able to patch that up this year? Does Jalen Ramsey get that done? I'm not sure if he does. But I could definitely see them being a playoff team again. I could definitely see them being dangerous. I'm not sold on them the win the division I, I i know we just talked about the bills but i mean when we do our prediction show i'm really gonna have to think about it but to me in my head right now i think it's jets or bills we'll see with this dolphins team but um very dangerous i mean very dangerous team i mean we what did we see last year when they were on that six touchdown game that tua had and you know these yeah. guys running track out there they obviously could be very dangerous but then we also saw them hit a snag in the middle of the year towards the end of the year yeah Teron Armstead also left tackle from yep. New Orleans, added him. Um, so, didn't they, that was this year or that was two years ago? Oh, they had him last year, right? Yeah, they had him. Um, so. Raheem Mostert, too, one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. That team is so fast. What was it going to actually say? ridiculous? Fast, speed. I, and you mentioned the corners. Uh, Ramsey, obviously, um, not his best season last year uh, toward the end, even when, on the Super Bowl run. You know, wasn't his elite self. I think going over there, being with um, Howard, I think it's going to help the both of them. I don't expect them to be at an elite level, but can they be better than they were last season right. together? You know, that that defense over there in um, Los Angeles last year was not good, banged up, just a lost season. Could have that been it? Right. Playing on a lost team and a lost season definitely could have affected Ramsey's play as well. So let's see him. Not he's not the best corner in the league, as Madden says, but uh, yeah, you know he's still a very talented player, and I'm excited yeah. to see him over there. Um, okay, okay, don't call me an idiot, but like, is it who's technically next alphabetically? Is it the Patriots? Or the oh my Jets? god, it doesn't matter. What are you doing, Ryan? Are you, are you doing? Are you doing based off? Are you doing based off location? So it's the Patriots. Um, New England Patriots, bang. Oh my god, I got a hot take. Not really a hot take, so, but the Patriots, like the roster is not bad. Even the offense, like the weapons aren't the best, although I am oh. a big fan of Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a, an underrated running back in this league. And I think he's due for a good season this year. But the offense, you know, the line's pretty good. The defense is pretty good. You know, I think it was a top 10 defense last year. 
And, you know, we always see this Patriots team as kind of being that little pain in the ass, but they've kind of become that like Steelers kind of team now where they're not really going to kill you on offense and they're just going to be a well-coached football team with a pretty scrappy defense that's going to win eight or nine games a year. And I really think that's their ceiling again this year. I think the quarterback, I think Mac Jones is due for his last season in New England here. You know, I, I think that, we might even see a little Bailey Zappi action this year. I just think that the time's running out, and I really don't think they're going to be able to win much with this guy at quarterback. And Belichick might be on the hot seat now they're talking about. He's on the hot seat, okay? I was listening to some podcasts last weekend that apparently Mac Jones has formed a relationship, and the family has formed a relationship with Robert Kraft. Mac Jones not happy. They don't add any speed to this team whatsoever. I mean, they had Juju, who, you know, was coming off a nice season with with Kansas City. But, I mean, you know, Juju's nothing special. He's not number one. Devontae Parker, what is he, last in the league in separation. They extend him. They don't go out there and even go get a DeAndre Hopkins. They don't add any speed in the draft. They How many guards? They drafted two kickers. drafted, like, three guards. I mean – Bill Belichick is trying to basically do this his way. It's his way or the highway, obviously, yeah. but he is seriously trying to win games, running game, a defense, special teams. Yep. And we've always disagreed on Mac Jones. I still think there's something there. And I actually think that Mac Jones is going to win this battle against Bill Belichick. Cause I think Mac Jones is starting to grow frustrated. We read the, we saw the reports last year how he was looking for outside advice um, with other coaches and Belichick got pissed and, and went to Zappi. Um, that was in the middle of last season. I don't think Mac Jones is the problem here. I think it's the coaching and I think it's the, um, and I believe it, it's the offensive personnel. You add Bill O'Brien back into the mix. He's the offensive coordinator. I think that's going to help Mac Jones, but again, there's no speed on this team. No, there's not. So, I, I feel bad for Mac Jones because I, I see I know you disagree with me. I like Mac Jones. I think yeah, he's I, going to be successful. I think he's going to be a successful starting quarterback in this league. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it. We've we've talked about it a lot on this on this show, but uh, I think that they don't have their answer on this roster at quarterback right now. And I really think that this is just going to be the end of the era for Belichick. I, I, don't, it is. I don't I don't see how Belichick. At his age and the way this is going, how we could maybe see the Patriots drafting a quarterback in a year or two and going through a rebuild and Belichick's days. I, I, I really just don't see that happening. We spoke about it before. You don't win in this league running game, defense, special teams. It doesn't happen anymore. And you could Belichick's get, you trying you to get do close. this. You get close to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but in the once AFC like a, this yeah once you run into a Mahomes or a Burrow or an Allen you're kind of screwed not not in this AFC and even I think you're going to see we'll talk about the Ravens next week I think the Ravens are going to throw the ball a little bit more yeah, yeah their their specialty is running 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 but and they have to do that to be successful but there's going to be, be be a point where they have to throw the ball and they have to do it successfully and I think we've seen Lamar develop into that but got to throw the ball and yep I just don't see it with this offensive personnel. All right, the New York Jets. We spoke about them a lot. Um, we're going to continue to speak about them. Uh, but let's let's hear it's you. Let's, what, what, let's see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, we could be short about the Jets. We talk about them nonstop. But, you know, there's 
there's not too much concern about this team in terms of, you know, I guess the one thing we could be concerned about is how great is Rogers going to be, but I really don't think that's a massive concern because I remember when we were talking about it, you know, months prior to this episode, before Rodgers was a Jet, and we were saying, what are the Jets going to do with their quarterback situation? And we said, even if Rodgers isn't the MVP guy that he's been over the last two years, even if he's playing at a top 12 quarterback level, I mean, that's a massive upgrade for the Jets. And, you know, with that top five defense of theirs and the weapons that they have on that offense, they'll be just fine. So I think just the major thing, the major concern for this team, it's the offensive line. Can they protect Rodgers? You know, can they allow him the time back there to throw? What will Makai Becton be like this year? I just want to say this freaking clown, Rich Samini, that I have, I can't, I, for so long, I can't stand this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He has been the number one hater for Makai Becton through his whole career, and he's always pushing these crazy narratives. And he tweeted something today saying, you know, look for Makai Becton to be a candidate to be traded at the end of training camp. It seems like he's kind of outstayed his welcome and this and that, which I just think couldn't be any further from the truth. And I think that he'll, as as long as he's healthy, knock on wood, he'll be the starting left tackle for this team, in, uh, or at least tackle maybe they'll put him a right tackle but he'll be a starting tackle for this team in week one yeah um it's a massive concern for me this offensive line and it's a major concern it's the reason why like the like the jets here like we can talk about how great their defense is and i i even saw a lot of people say well they came up short last year the defense late in the season they did not step up when they had to they're on the field for majority of the game. Yeah. They have no offense. That's going to change this year. Obviously, the defense is going to be well more well rested. It's going to be a great defense. Defense is not a concern. Yeah. The offensive line is a concern for me. Can they protect this guy? Aaron Rodgers has always had elite offensive lines when he was in Green Bay. Green Bay drafted well, developed well with the offensive line. Becton, major concern. Can't trust him. If Rich Samini's the number one hater, I'm the number two hater. I hated the draft pick. I don't like him. Right. Dwayne Brown is very old. He's right now slated to be the starting left tackle. That's a problem. The center, I think the center's going to be good. He's a rookie. Yep. Not overly concerned. Lincoln Tomlinson, who we who you guys signed, almost said we, who you yeah. signed uh, last season from San Francisco, wasn't great last year. No, uh, wasn't no. what you expected. And Elijah Vera Tucker is one of the best offensive linemen in football. I can't really say a bad word about yeah. him. And he's coming back yeah. from injury, which is a big uh, big benefit to this offensive line. But we're obviously going to talk about the Jets a lot. You mentioned the quarterback play. I mean, if they had what Rodgers did last season, which was a down year for him, they would have made the playoffs. Yeah. So um, I just think be... if they play at a mediocre level, this offensive line, I think they'll be just fine. They just can't be bad. Also, Brees. You know, we've spoke about it before. Running backs coming off for torn ACLs. Um, Brace is a concern. I think they should really – I don't know what exactly Cook is asking for, and I don't want to talk about him again, but, like, I re- I do – I was never like, oh, the Jets should sign him. I'm like the Jets. Should, I, I think the Jets should sign him. I think they I should I, just – I think they should just stick with what they got, honestly. If you so. have – you have Carter, who I'm not a huge fan of. Carter he was bad last year. Yeah, you have Carter. They just got they just got uh, Abacanda in the fourth round out of pit. He's a home run hitting back. So, you know, with those two guys back there, and you have Bam Knight. Bam Knight. Do not I'll forget honest, about Bam like, Knight. These Jets fans, like guys, 
these guys have fun, cute little stories, but like the people who actually think Bam Knight should be like an impactful player for this team, it's like, can we pump? Please it? do not ham it's, it's, uh, it's, hate on Bam Knight. It's, it's Bam Knight. No, um, no, no, I'm not not taking Bam Knight slander. You know, there were rumors today of out of Jets camp that uh, there's videos of Brees Hall running around the field doing drills and catching passes and everything like that, and he looks good. And there's a rumor that um, a Jets coach or scout or something like that clocked him at 23 miles an hour so he's he's definitely running a straight line fast right now but it's just how can we get him into cutting and changing direction and everything it's these running backs off the acl it's it's concerning and you know i I really do think he's that good of an athlete that i think that he could have one of those like crazy recoveries where he looks like the the only guy we've ever seen do that though is Adrian Peterson is he Adrian yeah. Peterson? Uh, you know who knows? We'll see. Probably, probably not. Probably Jed, not sorry, but... he's not. Um, but yeah, should be fun. And Hard Knocks uh, will be good. Yep. NFC East time, Michael. I think it is NFC East time. We'll do uh, we'll do the alphabetical thing again, and we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, your favorite team. Yeah, my favorite team. Uh, I'll start here. I think Dallas is. I don't know, last couple of years, man, I've been high on Dallas when everybody's low. And I'm high on them this year. I, re- I really am. I think the change here to go to McCarthy calling the plays. McCarthy in 21, the clock management, he was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I would have fired him after that. Yeah. And that may sound like an overreaction. He was garbage. I actually think this is going to be a good move. I think simplifying this offense for Dak Prescott – and this offense is going to be a good thing. They're going to be a ground and pound team. Uh, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to let Dak lose them games here. I think Kellen Moore got too cute a lot of the times. Yes, Dallas Cowboy fan. I want to punch the TV sometimes yeah. with what Kellen Moore was trying to do. And by the way, I think Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator with the Chargers. I think that's going to work out great. Right. But with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, who has a limited, a more limited skill set, yep. I don't think that works. Mm-hmm. I do think this change, though, uh, with McCarthy calling the plays a little more conservative. I think that's going to work for this Dallas team. Uh, we talked about the studs on defense before, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Um, I like Dallas. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be very close because Philadelphia I and mean, everybody's schedule in this division is brutal. Yeah. But uh, Philadelphia has a really brutal stretch in the middle of the season where I think they're going to drop a couple. Yeah. Um, and I think Dallas could come close to winning this division, but they yeah. won't do it. Um, I'm also very high on the Cowboys this year. I think they had one of the best off seasons we've in, in the NFL. Uh, I think that went a little bit under the radar because of some other major moves around the league, but mm-hmm. Brandon cooks, I think is a, was a great acquisition for them. You know, if you see a team getting Brandon cooks, like maybe the Patriots, let's say they got Brandon cooks and they say, Oh, he's going to be our number one guy. Mm, I don't know if Brandon cooks is a number one receiver. Number two for them, it's great. Now it the depth chart looks so much better. CeeDee Lamb, we know, is a stud. He's a number one receiver. Yep. You have Cooks at number two. He's a high-level number two receiver. Michael Gallup at number three. Gallup's a pretty good player. I think he would be a middle-of-the-pack to low-end wide receiver two. Low-end wide receiver two. Wide receiver three, that's a good wide receiver three to have. So Agreed. I think the weapons are there for him. We talked about Zeke on our top ten running backs list. He didn't make the list, but when we were talking about Pollard, we talked about how Zeke is gone now, and that should open it up for Pollard a little bit more. So I think that'll help out Pollard. That'll help out the offense. The offensive line is great still. And then you look at the defense, some of the studs on defense. 
with Lawrence and Parsons and uh, Diggs. And they also get Stephon Gilmore, who's getting up there in age, but he's still a good player in this league. And I think a lot of scouts' favorite draft pick of the draft, Mozzie Smith. Yep. Really nice pick. Great for their defensive line. So I think that uh, I think that the Cowboys would do for a good year. Dallas hasn't like these are smart moves that Dallas made, and like, they haven't made these kind of moves in a very long time. They haven't drafted. I mean, I was watching this video from this Dallas Cowboy fan. They haven't drafted a guy like Mozzie Smith like in a very long oh. time, like oh. a legit run stopping defensive tackle. I mean, he's like a Damian Harris type of guy. And what do you need to do in this division against Philadelphia and the Giants who have Saquon Barkley? Got to be able to stop the run. San Francisco, who beat you in the playoffs, got to stop the run. Love it. Yep. Okay, let's move on. It would be the New York football giants. Um, Schedule's brutal. I mean, obviously, you know, I think the Giants definitely upgraded uh, talent on this team. They added speed, which they needed to do um, on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, still a question with Saquon Barkley, but – this team should compete. They're not there yet. They're still not done building this roster. I don't think they're close to building this roster to where it needs to be. You haven't closed the gap um, completely on Dallas and Philadelphia. Their rosters are still much better. So, you know, can the Giants compete for a playoff spot this year? I think that's the question you got to ask. You know, can they win eight, nine games? If they do that, I'll be impressed, you know, with a really difficult schedule. And I hope they do. And I think they, I, yeah. no, I think they should. Yeah. I think there are some major concerns with this team. Just because of what you said, the schedule is a little tougher. The division did not get easier. We've talked about the Eagles and the Cowboys, and I do think the commanders are even going to be a, a tough team to deal with just because that defense is so great. So, you know, the Giants have had a nice year last year. I just don't know if I could see this team going two years in a row with winning double digit games. I mean, they they win 10 year, they won 10 games last year. They did upgrade on offense with some of the weapons, some of the pass catchers. You know, Darren Waller's an upgrade. But listen, I don't think Darren Waller is the player he was in his at his peak with the Raiders. And, you know, there's been some concerns with his injuries over the, over the years. But I think if healthy, I think he'll definitely be a productive player for you guys. I think he'll be a dynamic player. Maybe not a top three tight end like he was in, uh, in Oakland at the time and then Las Vegas, whatever the hell you want to call it. But it's just that defense, it's good. They, I'm still not confident about those linebackers. I like the corners this year. I think they did a good job with the corners. Still not crazy about the linebackers. The defensive line is good. I think that I think the Giants, the way that this defense could really become elite, where we don't care about those linebackers anymore. And I also think that linebacker is a good problem to have in terms of I'll take that over some other position groups yeah. on the defense. I think that Ojalari and Thibodeau could turn this defense if they both have great years. And Ojalari had a great year last year, and Thibodeau got better, it seemed, week after week last year. If those guys could have some really good, a really good year this year, I think that's what could, okay, take this defense to the next level where this is a legitimately feared defense. Well, they were winning games last year late uh, in the middle of the year because of how great their pass rush was. Yes. And obviously uh, adding, you know, Dexter Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams into that. I think they have a really good defensive line. If, oh, Ojalari's problem is staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, I mean, he gets he gets to the quarterback. He sacks the quarterback. I mean, oh, yeah. he really does. He's, he's, he's very good at that. So I think Thibodeau, like I, you mentioned Thibodeau, I think he's going to have a really 
good second uh, season. Right. You know, he kind of reminds me of a little Olivier Vernon. The pressures are there. Maybe he's yeah. not getting the sack. Yeah. Not the body and the build because right. Vernon was like thick and small. Right. Pause. But, um, <laughs> you know, the pressures, you know, he's getting in the quarterback's face. Maybe the sack numbers aren't going to be there, but he's going to be in the quarterback's face. He should have the sack numbers. I mean, yes. he's big athlete, lengthy. Yes. Should get to the quarterback. Yes. Um, okay. And then just that's all you got on the giants. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, you know, for now, we're obviously going to talk about the Giants. Yeah. We're going to talk about that more commanders. You know, I'd like to sit here and get all cute with the commanders and say, you know, Mm. I did say there, they could be a problem with that defense in the division. Just, they could be that, what I said, with the Patriots before that's just that annoying team that, you know, they just keep you in the game and they might scrape out eight wins or something like that. But, I mean, let's be honest. The quarterback, Brissett, not bad. I don't think he's going to start, though. He should start. I guess they want to see what they have with Howell, but I really think they could flirt with a playoff appearance if Brissett was the quarterback. We've been saying... saying, I'm not saying they would. I'm saying that's their best chance. Like, you have a top three defense. Brissett really isn't a bad quarterback in terms of the just backups in the league. I think he's a quality starter he's like a you know andy dalton level guy where he could keep you in games i like percent he did a good job in in cleveland last year so i think this team could could win a couple ball games with that defense and with these weapons on offense if sam howell wasn't the quarterback yeah i mean i think they um i think they'll i think they'll see what they got in howell um I don't know. I'm not. I I can't see that with this team. I feel like we've been saying this with this defense too a lot. Well, the number three defense in the league. I don't know. You know, with the with the Commanders, and by the way, the sale big for them. Oh yeah, congratulations to them. Uh, Josh Harris, the owner, um, and Dan Snyder signed uh, fined sixty million dollars on the way out. That's that's pretty nice Good too. For him, man. And they apparently the the new owner might want to change the name again and? to get to like get like just completely just wash the franchise slate. of Dan Snyder. Yeah, right. Which I don't think is a bad idea. I mean, I think Commander's stupid. I think football team's stupid. I think um, they're. I think that their fans will be a little annoyed after buying all this merchandise. But yeah. We'll see. Figure it out. I like the Red Tails. That that would have been a good name. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see what the commanders do. Chase Young, sketchy injuries. Uh, great uh, defensive tackle duo. Uh, we'll see what this defense can do. And I mean, Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, they got some weapons over there. Dotson, yeah, they got some good receivers, yeah. man. Uh, got a couple of backs, too. Too bad they got nobody to throw, throw to them, though. Yeah. So we'll That's see a what really happens. weird thing when teams have problems like that. Like, you have great weapons. It's just... Yeah. Sucks. It's usually something. I feel like it's more often the opposite. Yeah. We'll see what happens with the commies. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. The, the luckiest team in football. Your favorite team. If the Cowboys aren't your favorite team, this is your favorite team. I think I hate them more right now. Like I, I think I hate them more. By the way, did you see what C.J. Gardner Johnson said? He won't shut up. Did you yeah, see I mean, what he said? He's a dumbass too. But you yeah. see what he, he said. I the fans are. I hate the I people. Hate... Yeah. Meanwhile, they like loved him in Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, I mean, is he really wrong about the people being, you know, the way they are? Well, like New York anyway, better. We're a little better. We're not as crazy. I mean, I'm crazy, but we're not as crazy. I guess I don't know. They 
they are vile and disgusting human beings. I mean, they'll curse out a kid. Okay, yeah, but like I feel like you could make an argument for like different like Boston, I feel like you could say is the worst. I mean, they have had multiple like racist encounters. I guess. I feel I like know. it's kind of like pick your poison. Like, what do you dislike worse? Like I feel like you get I feel like you're getting like beat up in Philadelphia. Yeah. I feel like there's physical abuse in okay, Philadelphia. Yes, sure. Yeah, I mean, I was can. talking I was talking to an Eagle fan at a Phillies game once. And they literally told me they're like, if you're a cowboy fan, do not come to Cowboys. Right. Right. Because you're gonna get hit. Right. I they, they, a cowboy fan went into a um oh my god, why am I blanking on what it's called? Um the outdoor bathroom, the what? The outdoor bathroom thing. The um bathroom? We go to the bathroom outdoors. What do you call that thing? Why am a I porta potty? Porta potty, thank oh. you. I don't know why I couldn't think of a porta potty. Cowboy fan walked in, bunch of Eagle fans just knocked it over while he's going to the bathroom. I mean, they, they See, I think that's there. like so corny. Like, I love being passionate for your team, but like when you could literally be a grown adult and like look at someone wearing another team's jersey that's a rival of yours and be like, I'm going to beat the crap out of them because they're wearing a jersey. Like, that's just so corny. You're a loser. Yeah. But, anyways, the, the team, the team. You know, it's. I feel like it's easy to just say, okay, they made the Super Bowl last year. You know, they got a harder schedule now, and blah blah blah, and maybe things won't go their way. And and I think those are all valid points. I think it's really hard. You know, to get to a Super Bowl, it takes a lot of skill, but it also takes a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I still think this team is the team to beat in the NFC. I still think that. They're going to have massive success this year. I know the schedule is a little harder. We'll see how that works out for them. But you look at this offense and you especially look at the offensive line. It's still just fantastic. And I really don't see a way that this offense takes a step back. They didn't lose much besides Miles Sanders, but they, they made up for it a bit. Getting swift and getting penny. The defense is going to be great again. I think that has a little more potential to take a step back in terms of uh, just overall production. I think that, you know, losing Gardner Johnson, now those safeties are a little sketchy. And then playing better teams, playing better teams, upper schedule. Yeah. But they had a great draft again. I think, I think that Josh, uh, not Josh Sweat, I think that Jalen, uh, Nicobe Dean, what's wrong with me today? No, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, uh, Jalen Carter. Slade. Slade. Nolan, Nolan Smith's the guy. He was the one who had that, like, ridiculous combine, right? Yeah. He's yeah. glasses. Looks like a nerd. Yes. Yeah. So nerd. I think nerd. the defense could also be great again. But we'll see. It takes a lot. And their front is. Have a their, great season. Their front is just, it's 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 unreal. I the mean, it's it's. Front sevens in this, it's or at least the defensive lines alone in this division are like good, pretty I mean, good. Every team you look at their defensive line, you're like, that's a good defensive line. Yeah, yeah. Quarterbacks can get beat up. That's good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Jalen Carter. Obviously, I mean, you could have made the argument he was the best player in the draft. You know, yeah. and he falls. Of course, he falls to them. And they yeah. trade up and they go get him. Whatever. Not like five of the teams that were sitting right there couldn't use him. Yeah. Right. No, please let Philadelphia get him. No, <laughs> no dra- draft a running back. Right. Yeah. No, good. Let him fall. Now, trade, trade, trade back again, Chicago. See, I thought they were a legit threat to to get Bijan. Actually, 
I thought that was a real possibility. Could you imagine that? I mean, that would be so terrifying. Behind that offensive line? I mean, Mm. you could have made... See, with them, though, you could have made the argument. Yeah. Their team is just completely built. Yeah. But this is obviously a better pick. Yeah. And you get no one's... I just... I don't want to talk about them. They're great. The offensive line, a year older. They're still really good. They'll still be able to run the ball Mm -hmm. incredibly effectively. Um hurts i think you know we've kind of said it last time you know you, you want to see it again you, know, you want to see him be a lead again but i think we both expect him to be like that i think we both expect him to be late i do think losing the offensive coordinator is going to be a little bit uh Schneiken yep and the defensive gonna, coordinator yeah but again you know again and he's know. a little nut job it seems like he's a little, a little weirdo and I, I think they're fine without <laughs> gannon um the, the offensive coordinator thing is the problem so we'll see if that has any effect on you know the offense but um in terms of them being elite i love deandre swift like i think if swift's healthy and he's like the main back i think he can rush for like 14 1500 yards i think he's 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 so good i don't i I love swift i'm high on swift it's tough like they tried to get it to work in in detroit and he didn't have a bad career in detroit don't get me wrong Don't get me wrong. Like he did not have a bad career in Detroit, but I just I don't know if he. Ha- I don't think they'll treat him that way. I don't think they'll they'll give him that many touches to get to that many yards. Plus, no. I think I think Sanders. I think it's crazy that he had that many yards last year because of just how much of a threat Hurts is on the ground too. Which is crazy that they could get that many rushing yards as a team. But I think that they're really going to use Penny a lot, and they're going to use some of you know Boston Scott and Smallwood, these guys who have been here for years now. Scott, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I don't want to give you like PTSD right there. You know, I got a little scared there. Yeah, my bad. No, they are, and I, I don't think that I don't think like, I think he could. Like I'm saying, potentially, I think he's that talented, especially behind that offensive line and the threat of Hurts. Yep, Penny, they're going to use you know, and rightfully so. You got to use two backs. You know, that's how, that's how a lot of these teams win two backs. At least two these days. Yeah. So. Good stuff. NFC East, AFC East, really good divisions, uh, really good teams. And, um, you know, obviously we're going to talk so much about these teams before the season starts. But, you know, next episode we'll do the uh, the NFC and AFC North and then so on and so forth. And, yep. you know, we'll get all these projections out and we're excited for the season. No Yankees. It's a little late. Yeah. I'm going to post a video on TikTok about the Yankees because I got a lot to say about them. So I think maybe both of us will post a little TikTok over the weekend about the Yankees because uh, right. there's a lot. I, it, I, the future of the season does just, not look good. Oh, right it's now. yeah. We that's really why doesn't. I'm just like we gotta. Yeah, you're right. There's we'll, a we'll lot. There's a lot of. It's not good. Yeah. It's really we'll, not good. We'll we'll um, get to the Yankees and we'll talk about them. But um, so yeah. I didn't get those season tickets. By the way, I was gonna do Jet season tickets. Oh, you what happened? They don't give you if you do like a five game package that I was I wanted to do. They don't. Yeah. You're not considered a season ticket holder, oh, so you really? don't get you don't get any benefit. You know they don't get a, a freaking giveaway. You get nothing. You literally yeah. just get games. What games were you gonna get? I was gonna do. Do you get to pick you, it? You pick, but I obviously wasn't gonna pick the four best games just for yeah. prices. So I was gonna do Chiefs, Patriots. Chargers and Texans. Okay. And then, you know, the prices were, were it was expensive, but, uh, you know, I, it seemed like it was worth it. But then I went on Ticketmaster. I'm like, let me see. Cause he wanted to put me behind the goalpost. They don't do season tickets in the 200s on the sideline. 
they just do it behind the end zones. Right. So I don't like sitting behind the end zones. I like being on the sideline. Those are the better seats. So I'm looking at the prices and on Ticketmaster, like it turns out that like I'd spend like a hundred extra bucks combined for four games if I wanted to just buy individual tickets in those. And sections. those tickets, you know, it, they'll go up and down, varying on the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not set in stone. So yeah. So I know I'm a lock for the Eagles game because like my family's doing a whole big tailgate there. We we choose one game every year and we have like a 200 person tailgate. Oh please, so, go go for the Eagles. She uh, Jets Eagles and then uh. I want to do Dutch Giants would be cool. You'll have six. You'll have I sixty forty there. Game. You'll right. have six. You'll 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 have forty Eagles? percent Eagle fans in that building. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Eagles fans. Good luck. They'll they might think it's theirs. I'll kill somebody. Last time Jets Eagles was like fifty percent Eagle fans. It was actually sixty percent. The Jets were. We'll bad. see. We're better than we were the last time we faced them. So. We'll oh see. yeah, we'll you'll play. you'll have the majority. It'll be that'll be fun. Maybe maybe right. I'll go. Maybe I'll yeah. go. I'll, I'll tell you. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, I got you. Um, all right, that'll do it. Episode one hundred and one, all football. Uh, we're getting, we're getting to the season. We're getting excited. Yep. Um, anything you got to say? Nope. We're in the hundreds now. Peace.